We'll listen in on a post-season masterclass with six haunts from around the country. That's coming up on today's show. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the HAN Show, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. We also have partner stations, and today's episode is from one of those partners, Hauntopic Radio. Hauntopic Radio's sister brand, Haunter's Toolbox, has a membership program that gives you all the resources you need to start and grow your haunt. Every month, those members join in a live masterclass session, and that's what you're going to listen to today. Hear from six different haunts about the challenges they faced this season and what they did to overcome them. And if you want to join on future sessions, head over to Hunterstoolbox.com for membership. Anyway, here's Brian to kick things off on this roundtable masterclass. So, Craig, tell us about your haunt, where it's at, and tell me how the season went for you. Okay, so it's Terror Isle. Um, we're south of Houston in a town called Texas City, right on the Gulf of Mexico. It's a pirate-themed haunted house that, when it's not a haunted house, there's escape room games embedded in the haunted house. So I run two, really two businesses in one building. Um, the haunted house was interesting this year because last year was our first year. And we had about 2,500 people, but it was COVID. So I went, hmm, 2,500 people, I'd like to double that number. It's reasonable. I mean, we've got a good product. You know, there's no competition really in the area. Everything seemed to line up. So I based my advertising budget on doubling that number off of professionals in the industry have told me what to spend, blah, blah, blah. Well, we ended up doing about half that number. (laughs) And uh, I was like, whoa, where is everyone? And um, I figured out after about halfway through the season, basing your crowd size and a from a pandemic year was a bad move because I don't know if most haunts will admit this or not, but they had the COVID, what I call the COVID bump, you know, with the haunted house where we had way more people come out because there was nothing to do. There was no, no movies, no, you know, other entertainment this year, extremely amount of large amount of stuff to do in Houston area. And I'm by Houston and this little thing called the Astros world series. Um, so we got the dope, we got the double whammy between baseball and, um, I think the COVID bump, we didn't have a real grasp of the reality of where our kind of starting point is where our size of our crowd is, you know, I mean, you got to start somewhere. So it's, it's not a huge deal, but, but, uh, over way overspent on advertising. Um, and it seems like there's about a, with Facebook, Google, um, Instagrams with Facebook, right. Um, and a few little offset things. I think there's about a there's a ceiling somewhere on these um, the budget on these things. I think once you get past a certain point, you get diminished return because people see that Facebook ad a million times. If they're not going, they're not going. Um, and Houston, if you don't know, is not necessarily the biggest haunt city around. Um, it's not a haunt culture. There's only seven haunted houses in the whole city of the fourth largest city, arguably probably the third largest city in the country. So it it, it was interesting. Uh, the reviews were phenomenal. Everybody, literally everyone gave us a five-star review on Google or Facebook, except one Karen who gave us a three and a three Karen is a five in everybody else's world. So <laughs> It's how you handle it. That's all that matters, right? Uh, we had yes. one three-star rating uh, at our haunt here at Edmonton uh, in Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, the reason they gave us three stars was because they don't like scary stuff. <laughs> you scared okay. my kids. I got you beat. I got you beat. Her, this is what a review said, but I found out later on it was a little deeper than this. 
She said our actors were condescending. Oh, we're a pirate supposed, haunted house. What the hell is that? To be? <laughs> and she they said our jobs. We added a, a really cool feature this year, and I loved it, and it was a hit. And we actually we were able to upcharge quite a bit on our tickets. We added a, uh, a fortune telling room where we had a girl from local girl who's been doing tarot card readings since she was like eleven. Um, she was doing five minute reads for ten bucks, and people were buying it left and right. It really it allowed a small haunt our size charge thirty five bucks instead of twenty five because we were adding the ten bucks on. It was beautiful, but she said our tarot card reading wasn't in depth enough. I was like, Jesus, it's a five minute read. So, but later on, I found out she had a she had a beef with uh, one of our actors up front um, who I don't know. She I think she was more religious than what our place was for her. <laughs> she she had she I think she got offended if I'm, if I'm trying to be nice about it. Um, um, she yeah. picked the wrong place. It's a pirate haunted house. We're going to be offensive. Yeah. Uh, but the three, well, I'll take a three all day long from her. Well, we got a couple of one stars because they came on the last weekend and had to wait two hours in line. So that was I've heard our, that. I wish I had that problem. Yeah. That was <laughs> we biggest. did have a few of those too. Is uh, it was crowded inside the house, and the reason it's crowded is because at lights out you have groups that are slow as heck uh yeah. trying to go through we only give them one light stick uh like a, a single glow stick and we were letting them in one minute apart uh about halfway through the haunt or even less in some cases they are 10 seconds apart between groups between light sticks so, so throughput was kind of yeah it was, so it was you, interesting daryl did you have as many people on the blackout night as you normally do oh yeah yeah, it was, um, we would sell a certain limit, like we're uh, uh, hourly, um, and we'd have so many per half hour that we would let in. Um, we close, haunt closes at 10 o'clock. We would uh, cut off ticket sales at 9.30 for the first couple of weeks. Uh, that's when the ticket booth closed, but we started cutting off walk-ups at uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock on the busy night because it was just too busy. We'd be going to midnight and we'd cut ticket sales off at 8.30. The rest of the stuff was sold out and we were still going till one o'clock. Uh, you know, it was it was pretty insane. Wow. And that's letting people in at 45 to 60 second intervals. Wow. Right. How yeah. long, how, how many years have you guys been open? This is our ninth year. And we're moving yeah. to a brand new facility next year that is going to be massive. Um, so it's going to be, we have to tear everything down and pack it up and move it to the new place because we got to be out by the end of November. Wow. How many locations has this been? This yeah. is the third location. So we did, um, it was a smaller venue, an old building that was going to be torn down in the downtown area the first year. Uh, and I think they were only open 10 or 12 nights altogether. Then um, we spent three years in an old movie theater and then five here at this. It's it's a warehouse, 14,000 foot warehouse. And we've got a uh, two-story Victorian styled mansion, well, house. It's not really a mansion anymore. Pretty dilapidated, but hmm. within that, so it it brings um, brings something unique to it. And then there's a probably five to eight thousand square foot outdoor haunt plus a common area that's got a uh, amenities bathrooms and fire pits and a food truck and a beer cart and or a beer 
beverage cart. So plus we had at any point nine to 12 roamers outside, 30 to 50 actors in the indoor haunt and another 25 to 40 in the outdoor haunt, depending on who is available. It's How many haunts are, are in your area? Is it uh, are you the, that's the only one around? One professional. There's another pro two hours away. There's some big home haunts, uh, Rutherford Manor. Um, that is pretty well known. Uh, there's probably another half a dozen home or smaller charity haunts. We're basically the only for-profit, uh, within two hours. Wow. So it, uh, it keeps us pretty busy keeps us hopping wow. have you found have you found that uh even during the moves that the people will still follow the haunt oh yeah there is a yeah. large percentage of people that follow but then again there's still we've got a population base of give or take about a million uh it, within the metro and and uh, suburbs and uh there's still so many people that don't know what we are um you know working at the day job and you tell people you work at a haunted house and they're like what's that it's like how do you not see the advertising? Oh, there is one other um, sort of professional. It's a city-run uh, event called The Dark, uh, and it's run at a, um, a city-run facility, a historic park that wasn't getting very good reviews, mm. but I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> and the net, net haunt is Edmonton, right? Edmonton.com, Canada? Uh, Edmontonhouse.com. Edmontonhouse. Yeah, that infuriates me with like the, the local town we're in. It's a small chemical refinery town and we i mean we're plastered everywhere and and they go i've never heard of you and i'm like how is that possible and we even uh i even went this far this year i tried an experiment i'm trying because i I, what i found was everything i was taught by the professional people have been doing this forever you know you know fill in the name you all know them all um literally everything i did everything by the book and it was the opposite our crowds, the biggest crowds come literally between seven and eight o'clock. They don't wow. come at night. It's bizarre. And that last year and this year, the, the they all come at the very beginning. Now I do time ticketing and maybe it has some weird thing to do with it. I'm probably going to do away with it next year because my crowd's not big enough. But um, so I try to think I'm in Texas, football's king. So at all the local four high school um, stadiums, they were broadcasting my commercial three times uh, during the game. And Still, people are like, I never heard of y'all. It's like, I, I don't know what else to do other than like put the flyer right on their forehead. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, been a, it's been, it's quite different than the escape room business. It's so interesting going from, you know, we did the haunt first and then we did six months of the escape room and then we turned it off and flipped back to haunt because um, everything's inside the haunt. And escape room people are so different than a haunted house people. They're not the same people. Some yeah, of them yeah. crossover, but marketing's different. Facebook, Google is perfect for escape rooms. Haunted house, it's a younger crowd. You got to get into the TikTok and those things, but it's their impulse purchases. Uh, escape rooms, people wait and they plan for two weeks. It's it's bizarre. I literally have to like have a split personality with running the businesses. They're, they're nothing alike. That must uh, be tough. You would think. But it, it's 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 been fun. It's been fun because the it's what it's done is. I made the escape rooms as a side business and it's turning out to be so good that, I mean, I literally had an East coast escape room owner reach out to me going, I've heard about you guys. I want to come play. Like we're getting like a reputation of being like one of the best in the country wow. and we're a tiny, tiny haunt. I mean, we're only 5,000 square foot building. We're not a big haunt, but the taking what we do best and putting in those games, 
um, is made this magical form and our games are really good. So people are like, we're starting to get a reputation uh, big time. We're number four in Houston right now, but like I said, we only ran for six months. Um, so it's funny because that's kind of taking the lead over the haunt, but haunts my thing. I'm never getting rid of that. Yeah. So, you're have, so it's a kind of, it's kind of a bipolar personality, escape 100%. Room, you know? So it's like as a customer, I'm thinking you're an escape room and I would, I've never been to an escape room ever. So to market to me, it's almost like you almost have to have that blend has to be, you know, seamless. Like it's well, the, the advertising is even different. You know, escape right. room people don't like to be scared. Not, not all of them. I'm generalizing, but I have so many escape room people go, I'm not coming to your haunt. Too scary. Too scary. But, right. but I do have crossovers. So with my marketing, so uh, with, with, you know, using haunt pay and all this stuff, collecting all the uh, email addresses, I put them into MailChimp. And when I'm marketing, I have like about 1500 people on my email list. I had about 75 to 100 people come that play the escape games, play come to the haunted house. So it kind of builds on itself, but really it is truly just two different groups of people. Uh, but it's kind of fun. Too. It keeps it fresh. So it's like, you know, that haunt flurry that you're in, just trying to get everything ready. We live in that state all year right. round. When every, right now everybody's going, oh, haunt season's over. We just spent two weeks flipping back to escape rooms. So it was like building back for a haunt season again. They yeah, go back, yeah. and now we're in the point where, like, okay, now we got to. We're at what we're at now is October first in the hot season for escape yeah. rooms. Right? Okay, now we got to get the people to show back up for escape rooms. Do you know what causes haunted attractions to shut down before they even get started? The top three roadblocks are lack of funding, lack of leadership, lack of resources. As a member of the Haunters Toolbox, you get instant access to the tools you need to start and grow your own haunted attraction business. To get started, become a member at HauntersToolbox.com. Can you do something during your normal season of escape games, like to promote your event coming up, like a coupon, a ticket? Refer a friend, come see us in October. This is what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I did that. You know, I did that. And I don't know, you know, um, I have a, I have a degree in marketing. I do insurance sales for a living. I'm a sales guy, right? So I, and I, I've talked to some of the big boys that do marketing and they all told me start advertising September 1, go for 30 days and then go carry into the haunt season. I'm of opinion that's a waste of money because kids these days make Gen Z, millennials make their decision of what they're going to do that day. Why would you waste yeah. 30 days of ad money on a group of folks? And, and that's what we've morphed into, in my opinion. We've, 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 uh, I'm a Gen Xer. Um, that group's the old group, okay? We've got these young kids. These young kids make it the day of, maybe the day before. Why would I spend 30 days of my ad money uh, when they're not even thinking about it? So I've rethought about a lot of this because it, it's, it's, it's totally different. It's totally different. And I, I'm cutting that and... I'm going to really just pound pound them those those last three weeks of October because that's when they're thinking about it. Um, um, on the weekends, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Or yeah, oh, oh, for the haunt, I'm changing that up because my crowd's not big enough yet. It's going to take time. When I get to year 10, yeah, they will be uh, all the ones in Houston that are 10 that's years right. or older, they, they have huge crowds, you know, 14, 15 to 30,000 people crowds, depending on which haunt it is. Um, so what I'm thinking about doing is just going to the last two weeks of October. I know this is unorthodox and anti-haunt logic, but I'm a business guy. I'm looking at this. I'm going to go the last two weekends. 
I'm going to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Halloween, seven days. This year, I did every Friday and Saturday and Halloween of October. The first two weekends, it was a ghost town. The second two weekends, it picked up. So, But my expenses don't change. So heavy load the back end and don't have anything on the front end. I'll have more people come and uh, I'll I'll be able to make money and then expand out as it grows, you know, yeah. throughout well, the years. And once, eventually once you're I'll by year five, then you'll yeah. have uh Yeah. That's uh, what uh Jan Jan does at um Greystone or Grass. It makes sense. Jan's haunt. Yeah. Yep. She's only open like the last two or three weekends of October. Yeah. So the, like the other the other thing too, I don't, um, th- with with flipping over from escape room to haunt, um, I was very very aggressive about thinking I could do it in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Because what we have to do is the sets are there for everybody to know. Okay, the sets are there, but we have to cover up game modules, which they blend in because they're part of the sets. But we have to drag all the bodies down, hook up animatronics, put in smoke. You know, do all the standard haunt stuff. So we have to haunt it up. So in two weeks, about 10 hours a day, we got it done. Um, putting it up, this was the first time doing this. It's like decorating at your house when you had the old home haunt. It takes a month to decorate, but it takes about two days to put it all up. It was very fast. So now I kind of got my, my gauge on that. So the first two weeks of October, I'm going to use to flip over to haunt mode. That way I'm not eating up my September in escape room because I, I took off a couple of weeks in September, which cost me money. Yeah. It's a weird model, but it, it, it's going to work. I just got to. Now, you know, what's going to happen is you're going to get this figured out. So you're not doing it in September. And then people are going to be bitching because there's no haunt now. <laughs> Where's the haunt? It doesn't start until the last week. Well, I got time now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the way people yeah. are, <laughs> but the haunts yeah. my love, the haunts my love. So, um, I'll, I'll always do that and I'll expand it out and it will make money. It's just a long game compared to escape rooms. Escape rooms seem to have been so much easier and so much. I mean, it's three employees, the haunt, right? We, you know, we have like 20 actors plus some the other people working in there. Um, it's just so much more low maintenance on me. I don't do shit for this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I run like them like you, four times, but I like how you built yours though. Cause you know, you, you have like escape room with haunted attraction elements added to oh, it. Yeah. So I like, I like the, so how's the escape side going really good for you. It, it was the, picking up and the momentum was growing. And then I stopped it for the haunt. Now it's kind of like, I got this gap. And one of, one of my mentors, who's a guy that's a total escape room guy, he has nothing to do with haunts. Um, but I'm trying to drag him in because he's so talented. This kid's 26 year old East coast guy that uh, runs this thing called Exodus games. He does computer programming and stuff like this. He says there's about a two-week lag on people booking games. And I noticed it because I just got a call from a Dallas family coming down for vacation. And they're going to bring their whole, like, huge family and rent all three games for two runs. And, you know, you're talking $35 a head with multiple people. It's, it's, quite, it's, it's quite lucrative. It, 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 the, the problem with skate room games is the cost to build the games. Um, they're totally opposite haunted houses. Escape room game people um, build everything. And in a haunt world, you can't build everything. You don't have enough time Most in most haunts. Um, so, but what I figured out is these escape room game builders overcharge and they under deliver. And once you get inside and see how they do it as haunters, we could do it easy. It's, it's not that hard. Um, um, and I encourage haunted houses as a side, even having a side escape room, it's people love them. And you'll get into it and you'll learn technology you can bring over to the haunt, which we did. So we have a lot of high-tech stuff in there and high-tech wiring that we can utilize for the haunt that makes the haunt more just cooler because 
the, all the DMX lighting and the special effects and the projection and um, triggered smoke machines and all this stuff that we use for escape rooms. We just flip it over in the computer and change a few things around and boom, we've got it going for that. Right on. Uh, now, during haunt season, do you run any, um, I, I've been to a couple of haunts that have had like uh, in the queue lines, five minute escape rooms and that sort of stuff. Um, do you do any of that sort of stuff? So I'm, I'm, my building is an old downtown. I don't own any land around it. Um, we utilize the alley as the entryway into the haunt. So this year I had a cool idea and I still think it's cool, but I got to figure out how to make it cheaper. Uh, my junk hauler, I, I, uh, that would haul on my trash when I was building, I, said, I sent him a message said, Hey, um, if you come across old fence boards, uh, panels, dump them over here, just dump them over here. I'll give you a hundred bucks. He dumped all this stuff. Over, so now I have free lumber to build out my alley. So I built out the alley with coffins and all kinds of stuff out of this, this fence boards. And my thought was when I'm done, I'll get the boys to bash it up and the junk guy will haul it off, which it worked. I was like, beautiful. But the haul it off cost me a crap load more money. So I got to figure out that <laughs> part. But but with the escape room stuff, uh, our building doesn't have enough. So we added a little front corner room for the uh, the, the fortune telling, which was a huge hit. Um, and, and like I said, I made I made a ton of money off that. And, and there's only one employee. I paid the employee $3 per read. I charged 10 bucks. She ended up making the equivalent where everybody else made it. And where we're at is 10 bucks an hour is what I'm paying. Minimum wage here is seven twenty-five. Just kind of give you a scale. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do on the other side is I have a giant gorgalore shark, massive shark, and I'm going to move it to a different spot. And I'm going to make that into what you're talking about is a 10 minute game. So I probably can run it during the haunt, but what I really want to do is run it during escape room season and then convert it over into a, uh, area where I can do kind of a gore galore style puppet swinging out of the room. So where the doors go in, that face into the haunt, um, where they would go play that game in the haunted house season. What I'll do is I'll just take the puppet, connect it, and then run it there where we normally had the shark. So we do a lot of dual roles in everywhere. So we utilize that. But um, I, my problem with the escape rooms during the haunt is people come out so shooken up from the haunt. They literally just walk out the door. They're so yeah. full of adrenaline. And I don't yeah. have that spot to stop them and go, hey, would you like to play a game? They just got the crap scared at them. They're not going to be able to think in a game. Yeah. Um, Can you have access like the to ones it I've like seen. while they're waiting? Yeah. Like if they're waiting in the queue or something? Uh, if I would have in? to, what I would have to do is in my mind, I would schedule, if I did it that way, I would schedule the game up front. I know like a uh, 13th um, uh, floor in, in Houston, they have, when you exit out their haunt, they have some five minute escape games, not the same things we're doing. They're like low level kind of games, but yeah. it's kind of an add on. Um, and I'm sure people do it just out of boredom. Um, but you can't do escape games while you're scared. It's it's it, no. yeah. you get to that reptilian brain you from being scared, you just can't do the games. Because that's what people want me to do. They were like, dude, we need a haunted house escape room game. I'm like, dude, you would fail every time. You'd never get a puzzle solved <laughs> jumping at you and you're trying to solve a lock, you know. Yeah. Plus trying and trying to divide the sound between everything going on outside the room. I don't yes. know if that's if that's a hard problem and you know. Trying to yeah. block everything off. and Yeah, with that tarot card reading room, um, when we built it out, um, I filled all the walls with foam. And then the door, I put some kind of stuff I found at the hardware store, some soundproofing, fireproof batting I put in there. And then we put 
uh, we have open ceilings and we have these old style, you know, old building ceilings. They're like 24 feet high. So I put carpet, black carpet around there to eat up the sound. And it seemed to hold up pretty good. It didn't bleed out too bad uh, yeah. from the noise. Um, wasn't too bad. I think Scarret Badges are one of the smartest things I've seen in the industry in a really long time. Scarret Badges are basically either pins or embroidered patches, uh, kind of like Merit Badges, as they are you know, somewhat named after, from Boy Scouts and, and Girl Scouts and Brownies, and where after you've accomplished something, you can wear the brag tag of the embroidered patch. Some haunts put them on jackets, some put them on t-shirts, some put them on uh, with the pins. I've seen them put them on lanyards. But the neat thing about them is they are very specific in what they are rewarding. And they're haunt-based images that reflect what's being rewarded. It's retention, it is bringing people back, and it's actually giving your haunters, your haunt performers, the ability to share that they are haunt performers. And, oh really, you're a, you're a scare actor. Where do you do that? And then they will insert the name of your haunt right there. So it's also marketing. I've always been a big fan of Scarret Badges. I think they're great. So check them out, scarretbadges.com. No, it is, that is not a paid advertisement. That is just my recommendation. I think it's really cool. ScottSwinson.com the, uh, the sound's cool because like the, our computer system and everything, we use this software called M3, which is an escape room software. Um, we use that same software for the haunt. Uh, we just put it on a loop. So all the lighting, we have a light. When you come into our pirate ship, you hit a button and the skeletons start talking. So it's like a one a minute kind of show to slow down our haunt because we're so small. It buys time yeah. and it gives them this entertainment. We have these TV screens that look like the ocean behind it and all those things. Um, so we utilize some of that, that technology in there. Um, but we do change the whole soundtrack. Everything's changed in there because we just pop out the SD cards on all the, yeah, the boot yeah, things. Well, that's it's pretty a, cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a fun little experiment. I just having to find my way because I'm in a unique area where there's not hots. I'm doing something no one's ever done before. And uh, uh, at, at this way, this way. I mean, I know like 13th Gate and those guys have excellent escape rooms, but not inside the place. So just yeah. kind of finding my way. So what right. advertising yeah. worked for y'all? What would you find? What would you think on advertising? Because I'm, I'm, I think I feel like it's changing. Yeah, I, I don't know what worked. I wasn't involved in that. Um, Brian, you've had a little bit more experience on that side of things. I'm, I'm still using uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're still doing the, the old guerrilla marketing, setting the postcards out. Uh, make, you know, making postcards, setting them off into local uh convenience stores and there are people who are taking them we don't have we used to put coupons on them but now we're just setting them out there uh we didn't do a parade this year but i was doing all the managing all the uh facebook and instagram ads running some contests we're thinking about contests now face i run them on facebook a lot of spammers are hitting facebook either trying to copy your yeah uh for ours it was a dead factory haunted house Facebook page, they were posting inside our contest, telling people to go to this link to claim their tickets, which was a spam link. So then uh. we we had we uh, two or three times I had to block this person, different accounts. It was like playing whack-a-mole. Once I got that kind of resolved, um, the contest did well. What we do is I make a post saying uh, anybody that likes our page, shares this post, tags three people they want to take with them, and they're entered 
to win in the comments and I just keep recycling the same post all month. So I'll just keep announcing new winners, which boosts the post up. I'll, I boosted it. I'll, I'll reboost it, keep boosting it. Maybe on the weekends, I'll put some more money toward it. And then we just gave two tickets a week. And so what I do five weeks, 10 tickets we're charging 25 bucks. So $250 in tickets. But we were, you know, I was just boosting and a lot of org, uh, organic reach, too, because people were still sharing it, liking it because my views and stuff or my interactions were more than what Facebook was. I was paying Facebook because it was organically going above that. And then I would then what I would do is I would stop the ad, let it go organically and just watch it for a while. When it started losing traction, I'd boost it again. And it boosted, you know, kind of happened mm. usually over the weekends. And then I'd boost it again. And it got more traction. So I like I like the, in the contest, I'll run them organically first until they start losing some steam. I'll let them, you know, two or three days, the boot that post kind of goes down, then I'll boost it. Could be 50 bucks, could be a hundred dollars, whatever. Just boost it and see how it goes. And then I'll set a radius of like 50. Um, we have people that come out of state, but I usually tie a target 50 and then of course, the age groups. Now you can't market under eighteen because Facebook has this weird thing about kids under eighteen, yeah. stop or thirteen or thirteen or something. So uh, I we I go all the way sixty five because I've had old people and they they have grandkids too and they're always sharing. They're the ones on Facebook. The older people, are the ones on Facebook. So you got to think parent, grandparent. Uh, they're tagging, they're tagging people in it. The contest. I'm OCD OCD about Facebook, so. And my alerts are set up. So I'm like, oh, what's people comment on my page? And um, the uh, I read all the comments, even in the contest, just see what people are saying about. Um, yeah, this is the one. This is the one that I was telling you about. Oh, I've never been in this one. And I'd go to that person's uh, profile page. They'd be like, you know, 20 miles away. Oh, I've never heard of you guys. I'm like, just like you guys are running into. Okay, I know we're, you know, it's been it's our seventh year now. But we don't have, I mean, we're not going to those places. We're not going to Snapchat. We're not going to TikTok. I'm not, I'm not, I don't use billboards either. So it's just experimenting with it. Um, yeah. And I really you know, think every area is different. I think every, like you hear people go, oh, this is how to do it. I don't think that fits. I think every marketing area is Word of mouth. Um, word of mouth and yeah. Google. Google reviews, word of mouth is what I'm getting a lot. Google's of. king. Google's king. And if you're yeah. not on, if you're not on your Google treating it like Facebook, yes. you're in trouble because they I'm, want, if you go read. So I have, um, I think I told you guys this last time, but um, you can get, and don't ask me how I hooked up with this person because I had COVID and I don't even remember, but you can get a Google consultant that will help you with all your advertising for free. And this girl I have has done more for me than the, multiple thousands I've paid some of the ad firms in the industry. Amazing. I mean, she doubled my sales in escape room games. Um, she helped me tweak and make perfect my, uh, my, my Google ads and my Google search engine stuff for free. Um, Facebook does it now. TikTok does it. I just had my first meeting yesterday with a TikTok consultant because TikTok's now moving toward an ad based revenue stream. Because, you know, in the early days, it's all about what you're talking about, Brian, organic, organic, organic. Yeah. Now they want to make some money. So what they're doing is they want people like me that have zero followers, you know, I barely have any followers on there, start using ads. They're excellent. This person's like, hey, you need to do this. This is not Facebook. This is how you want to film it. This is what you want to have in there. And they, they really coach you through it and there's zero charge to it. So 
I highly encourage uh, anybody. How do we find those people? This one, they reached out to me because I spent a whopping 80 bucks as an experiment this season on a Google ad. Because as y'all know, y'all have heard this with haunted houses, it's tough to advertise on TikTok. They won't pass your videos because of just what we do. Um, it, it, it doesn't, I mean, my commercial past Facebook and you can use the high schools last two years, neither commercial TikTok would approve, but I did a before and after makeup video, uh, on uh, TikTok where, you know, they put the hand over the screen and then they show yeah. the after I took that and I edited it into a commercial. They instantly passed it. No problem. So it has to do with the style of how you do it. You have to get out of your haunt mode and have to go, okay, what does TikTok want? And what she told me was, if your commercial doesn't have blood and you know gore and weapons, which most of us know better than do that on our commercials, she said, you can, uh, if you have a consultant, you can uh, protest it, so to speak, or whatever they call it. And she said, I'll get it passed. Uh, that would have been nice because I could have used that the whole season. Um, I don't know how you manually go out and request one. Facebook will pretty much give you one. My opinion, the Facebook one was, if, if you know what Brian knows or I know, if you've done Facebook ads, they're not very uh, helpful. Uh, but Google's too complicated and TikTok's too complicated for most of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's worth every penny because you don't pay anything for it. It's pretty awesome. Um, I'm excited to work with this girl. She's going to be with me through the whole thing. This other one's been with me for six months. Um, I don't know how you get to it because everyone's asked me. I, I try to tell all the other haunters, hey, get a Google rep. And they're like, how to get one? And I asked this girl. She says, I don't know how. She works for Google. You know, Google's so big. I don't know how yeah. you do it. Um, you probably have to Google it. Um, <laughs> but definitely, if, if you're going that route, it, it, it made a big difference because I was doing a lot of stuff that I was wasting money on that didn't work. Um, but then I found out where my next problem was is people were, I was getting the people to my page, but they were bouncing off. Um, I switched um, back in vendors just now. I just signed a deal with them a couple of days ago uh, where if y'all go put my tickets in the cart, the first thing they're going to ask you is for your phone number and your name and your uh, uh, email address. So when you bounce out of there and don't buy the tickets or you get busy and do something else, I immediately already have your contact information and you're getting an email saying, Hey, don't forget to come buy your tickets for the haunt. Here's $5 off or whatever. So I, I can catch them. And they said that I'll increase my sales by 18% by doing this. Why were and they I, bouncing? I, just, they were just backing out. Just, just well, checking information just, and leaving. I think so. And I had yeah. thousands do it. Um, you know, I, I tried it. I was looking at the page going, okay, well, my page is cool. I don't have yeah. a problem there. I use haunt pay. It's easy to use. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I even put one more information. They just kind of well, put reviews on there. Yeah. Or because sometimes you can see if where a person goes to after the click. I don't know if there's a plugin or something they can do that. But I'm I'm struggling with that because apparently nobody ever wants to put the pixels and the Google Analytics stuff in. Webmasters don't want to do it. Um, and Facebook and Google and those guys don't do it. So. I was able to, in Hot Pay, you can put those in there. So you yeah. can track from the Hot Pay part, but you can't really track from the website. I'm still trying to find somebody to help me do that. Believe it or not, it's been the hardest thing to do is find somebody <laughs> to help me put that code in because webmasters have nothing to do with it. They don't want to do it. It's a weird thing. You would think they would be their world, but no. Uh, but I do know that people are going there. I can track it. And I know that what my sales were. And I'm like, okay, I got a problem. They're bouncing off. It's not price. My price is cheap. 
Um, it's half the price of the ones in Houston. Um, the reviews are good. Um, the website's easy to use. So I don't know, but reviews. I like this. Yeah, yeah, reviews I, on I your website. Reviews. yeah. I mean, I, this new system, yeah. I'm switching to this company called Peak, P-E-E-K. They're not really a haunt driven one. They're more escape room and like tour stuff. But if you get a four or five review, four star, five star review, it automatically posts it on your Google. They do it for uh-huh. you. They have so many features. Uh, they're twice as yeah. much. They're yeah. twice as much, but I'm getting things that I need to be able to make money. I I posted on the on a on the uh, Dead Factory Facebook page uh, our Google link, and then I was like, "Did you have fun this year?" And I had like five or six five star reviews after that post. Yep, it, it was just I didn't boost it or anything. If I took around and if I boosted it, I might get more. But so, but then you always have those carrots. No, I didn't. I didn't have a good time at your pond. <laughs> but but so people people that's what they do. They don't go to Yelp. They don't go to any of these other things, and and they, they go to Google they can, and they read them. Yeah, they, they, read, go they read them. They want somebody to see it, so they'll just go to Google or Facebook and share it, and then share it to their page so people can yeah. like it and say bad stuff about it. <laughs> yeah, so. those Google reviews are key, man. I mean, they're yeah. They're really I, that's what uh, um. Because I go to my webmaster stuff and see how many people have viewed. I mean, we're getting, you know, maybe 10% of what people, because I mean, our views are crazy. If you're, you know, 70,000 people found your your business yeah. this month in Google. I'm like, what? They found us, but they sure didn't go to the haunt. Yeah, exactly. I know. that. They, they I question, the, I, I question like, those things. Yeah, I, I look at them like. You look at the hundreds of thousands of people who viewed your stuff. Well, 1,300 people bought tickets. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, like, okay, what, what percentage is that? Is that 5%? Is it, is it no, bots? No, What's the conversion bots? rate of this? I don't know. It's a, now, Melissa it, has been fairly quiet this evening. Uh, do you have any input, could, uh, Melissa, on good, your own? She was eating. That looked pretty good. I was eating some homemade biscotti that someone brought me today. Oh, my gosh. It was divine. Wow. Uh, yeah, we had a great year this year. Um, and and honestly, I don't spend hardly any money on advertising. Um, little little bit of boosting some Facebook ads, and that's it. Um, I, I am seriously thinking about uh, doing some time tickets. Um, I never, I didn't know there was a haunt pay. Um, I do incidentally use uh, Peak for our winter sleigh rides so that um, I can keep that fairly well organized because that's important that people are locked into a time slot, but um, have never used it for haunting. Um, but, but I, so it was 50, 50, you know, some people say, ah, the wait in line is the worst. And other people are like, Oh my God, the wait in line makes it all worth its while because we have, <laughs> um, we have a DJ, we have a magician, um, we have people who are working the crowd. Um, so it's not as though you ought to be bored. Um, I do love the idea of a tarot card reader, except that we're mostly just at night. It'd probably be a little difficult, but, but that's something we could do. Um, uh, thinking about a few other people around locals that do really cool stuff that we might be able to incorporate this year. Some guy who, who blows fire, like out of nowhere comes in and says, Hey, can I, uh, can I just hang out and, and blow fire? I carry my own insurance and everything. And I'm like, I don't know, I guess. And uh, so, so that was really cool. I, I, yeah. So does he work for tips or something or does he just so every, blow fire? <laughs> so, so every single person who works at the haunt is a volunteer and there's usually probably close to 50 or more. <laughs> um, 
and, and, and yeah, yeah, so this kid that blows fire, um, he grew up here locally. Then he moved away for many years, came back, wants to get his name out. Um, okay. I'd never heard of him before and uh, approached me like uh, then I was in spirit Halloween at the day after Halloween. And I asked this guy who was standing next to me was much taller than me. If he would reach a costume off a top shelf and he, he gets it and hands it to me and he looks at me and he says, Hey, are you the corn maze lady? I said, Oh my God, are you the fire breathing man? And so um, he's got some ideas up his sleeve and um yeah, fortunately, we live in a small community and um, and, and everybody just wants to be helpful and, and give back to the community. Good. And Well, tell us a little bit about your haunt because uh, we don't know. Uh, so I do a corn maze haunt. We only do it for two nights. Everybody complains that we don't do it for... Uh, it's the Saturday and Sunday before the last weekend in October. So I think this year was the 21st and 22nd. If you want to know why we don't do it like the weekend before that because it's a lot of work. It's, it's just a lot of work. We're a small family owned farm. Um, and, and, and it's finding haunters, it's finding committed haunters. And we tried, we tried last year paying and that made no difference at all. Still our best haunters were the ones that did not want pay that were here for volunteering. Yeah. Um, the paid people were worthless. Um, just here to, to collect a little bit of money. Um, so this year we expanded from just from the corn maze um, into um, I have a, a 30 by 60 greenhouse. We put some fake walls in and um, and everybody w was raving about that. And, and, and then they had to go walk through a long horse trailer that resembled like a big tunnel. Um, yeah, everybody said this is the best one. Well, it, you know, so so it puts us on high alert that every year has to have something new and innovative. Um, and I'm a farmer by trade. I am definitely not a haunter. And to be perfectly honest with you, the only haunted thing I've ever done in my life was went to one small haunted barn that took like less than five minutes to walk through. And I, I'm like, yeah, this kind of shit's not for me. I don't like this. And here I am, you know, running a haunted corn maze. <laughs> How does that happen? I, I don't know. Um, anyways, you know, financially for us, that's the make or break thing. Um, in the fall, we do, we do a regular corn maze every day. We do pumpkins, wagon rides. We have a petting zoo play area. Um, but the haunted corn maze is, is the biggie for us. And so every year now we're, we have to bump it up a little bit more and a little bit more. And so, um, so I just listened to all you guys and think, okay, that might be a cool thing to add. Oh, that might be a cool thing to add. Um, um, you know, just some, something, uh, pick up ideas from other people who have done other haunted things. Um, cause obviously I can't go to other haunted things cause we're too busy doing our own thing. That happens to a lot of us. Do you, do you, do you have, go ahead, Brian. Say, do you have any time? I know you do stuff all year long. Do you have any time? Cause like they have the haunt tours yearly, like the terror tours. Are they in Ohio? And then they're having the, um, Ohio. legendary haunt tours just happened legendary. those were in kentucky this year texas has them that's that kind of helps me when like we went down to alabama one time down or haunt con they did haunt tours we went to um new orleans at one time there only been like twice down there yeah haunt yeah con. a couple of times in uh in new orleans and uh we went to um uh, trans world we went to the pre-show this year um it's it's neat just to see what other people do yeah uh, there's also lots of really 
uh, th- there's some good YouTubers that, uh, well, there's some not so good YouTubers, but yeah. they do get to see, um, go through and tour the haunts and uh get to take yeah, their camera sometimes it's behind the, the scenes and uh i recommend grim life collective uh fun couple that that uh little quirky and uh carpetbagger is another guy that uh that has he does a whole bunch of stuff all sorts of amusement park stuff uh but he's done a few haunts and stuff too and it's just kind of interesting to see see them when they do the same haunt and they have a totally different take on on going through the same area it's it's kind of neat to if you see somebody reviewing one haunt, find other people who reviewed the same haunt, and you might see different stuff and have different opinions. Um, and uh, the, there's uh... some there are some um, farm based like agritainment stuff that that's out there as well. Yeah, yeah. I... Some of the uh, some of the documentaries those are good to watch too because you can get a lot of stuff from them. Even like the best haunts. I don't know if they were on Travel Channel at one time, but does that kind of go behind the scenes and stuff? And uh, I soak up everything. <laughs> so I don't know. So so I'm I'm not a big traveler. Um and and then, you know, so we get about a month off and then we have to get ready for winter sleigh rides with our horses. Yeah. Um so there's not a lot of downtime for me to travel, but um so when I say to people like what would you like to see? They're like, Okay, come on, guys, you've got the farm, you've got the nostalgia, but you've got the the place. We want a Christmas haunt. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't even know where to begin with a Christmas haunt. But apparently there's one in New Hampshire, which is about four hours from here. Um, I may try to venture to that one the first weekend in December and uh, see what a Christmas haunt is. Because, you know, I mean, we're in northern New York, so there's snow um, that that could be done. I don't I, I would have no idea what goes on in a Christmas haunt. But the good thing is, is nobody else in your area does either if there's none near you. So you can be whatever you want to be. So there's nothing near us. And even as far as haunted anything, there's, there's nothing. There's just, there's nothing. What do you, Uh, so you're setting up for Christmas. So do you have like displays, walkthrough, ride-throughs? Yeah, so we, we've done nothing about that at all. Like, because we don't even do sleigh rides at our own place. We, we go, so we go travel to do sleigh rides about 60 miles to Lake Placid, home of the 30, 1932 and 80 Winter Olympics. So it's huge tourists, huge volumes of money that are spent in Lake Placid. So we just take a small piece of the pie for our winter sleigh rides on the weekends. Um, okay. so I have, um, we've done no research into, and in, well, I can't say I've done no research cause I have, I've looked up Christmas haunts and, um, and, it, and it, you know, so some people are offended by that. Oh my gosh, you, that's sacred. Well, I, then don't go to it. <laughs> that's what the we people say. that want to go to it will go to it and you yeah. don't have to, I'm sorry to offend you. Have a great day. Right. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. So the one, the one in New Hampshire, I think is like $32 to go to. And, um, and, and they, they advertise Krampus, um, rabid reindeer, um, evil. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I could go for this. Like, like I, I probably get into this kind of stuff. Um, so that might be the next progression. I don't know. We just pick a, you know, it can be something completely different. You can pick a theme or Santa Claus and uh, Mrs. Claus, you know, broke up or something or, you know, or just. Divorced years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it could be completely just whatever you want it to be. Yeah, because everyone does Krampus. So, well, you don't have competition, so I guess you could do it. But, uh, like, if you did have competition, everyone does the Krampus thing. So maybe it would be something to do a different spinoff, you know, more into the Santa, <laughs> Santa's lost his mind kind of thing. Could Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose the sky would be the limit because, really, we would have no competition. The closest competition would be this place in new hampshire um because there's no no, i mean i have i have googled and i see nothing that's any closer well so if i went to i think long island has something um but that's eight or nine hours from here so um you know i'm thinking hmm this might be something interesting the the unfortunate part for for us is we're well known as this family friendly kid kid approved place to come and play and you know do the fun petting mm-hmm. zoo and 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 so it feels a little uncomfortable stepping out of our comfort zone um to, to do this but but this is what these young people are asking for you know that that's what right. they want or maybe you start off maybe not so much the blood and guts or anything to be more of a you know more of a santa's gone a little you know, whatever, you know, something more right. family oriented. So it's not, and kind of work their way up. Yeah. It's, it's, instead of you know, evil elves, just have naughty elves that play pranks. Yeah. The, for the, the first the elves couple take years, over. Right? The elves uh, take over the workshop or, you know, uh, you know when, when we started out a haunted corn maze, it is, there was no chainsaws. There was no gore. There was no, no blood. There was none of that. It was j- just very mild. And, and it evolved over the last 10 years to be something that's that when when I walk through the corn maze, I'm like, guys, d- don't don't come after me. Like, don't scare me because, you know, you're going to make me fall down, you know, like stupid stuff. So it, it has definitely grown um, in 10 years. And um, and yeah, really like the closest closest place that would even do something remotely similar would be. 50 miles from here and and they just do a small little barn kind of thing you know you walk through a barn i thought um, of a good little theme you could do a naughty or nice and you could divide half of it into a nice very family friendly stuff ooh, and then half of it the evil elves. like that yeah so people can come separate and trails. go to whichever you want oh my now, god my- that is brilliant that right? is brilliant. yeah because you got to think uh i looked at one day i was looking at this it's like what chris Christmas is like, I don't know how many hundreds of billions of dollars yeah. versus Halloween season, seven billion, six to seven billion dollars. So you, you, you got to know who's boss. So maybe yeah, you do, you do kind of like, I think Brian used to do this and I did, I do it one uh, day a year where we do a more kid friendly type thing. Um, yeah. And then maybe at a certain time you change it over. Um, yeah. We used to, you know, we uh, even like we had a, uh, festival one it was a, a harvest festival october festival and we opened the haunt up from like 5 30 it was like 5 to 6 30 we opened up at 7 so i gave everybody 30 mm-hmm. minutes to we had things covered up and certain things locked down they gave us time to get everything done because we'd have to cover some stuff up for the kids and then yeah, yeah. make it blood um, light yeah so yeah, yeah so what what we do is we have this real so we're on the old downtown street and the city doesn't do too many events, but they have this one event called touch a truck and it's where they take cranes and ambulances and fire trucks oh. and they put them on the street and it's free to the public and the kids get to 
get in the school bus and honk the horns and get inside the fire trucks. It's a yeah. boy, little boy's dream. Okay. There will be 8,000 people down at this thing. Um, wow. cause it's free. And so I'm like, Hmm. So last year I just opened cause I, I, on the local Facebook group for the city, I was like, Hey, would you bring your little kids to this for five bucks a person? I'm going to turn all the monsters off, cover up all the scary stuff, no actors. And it was a huge hit last, uh, this year we did, we had 350 people come through five bucks a head with only three, maybe I think we had four employees help me just guide them through. And it was a wow. hit. So that night we flipped over to the haunted house and ran the scary show. Um, and um, it was a nice, nice little revenue generator. We don't have a Christmas crowd there, but if you had something like that, maybe you do a kid friendly thing at a certain point in time, you flip over that night to the, the elves have gone crazy. Well, yeah, I do. I do like the naughty or nice. I mean, yep. they, yeah, and whether, whether you do both of them at the same time or you do five to six thirty is as nice and then 630 to 9 as as naughty that's cool uh, and then if you got some people that want to do both you, you let them go through both times but you have half hour to shut the lights down and and amp up the gore and the scare a little bit and uh uh you know then mom and dad can just go through and and see what it's like uh for something a little scarier the tw- the teens and the tweens can go through while the kids stay out eat popcorn and candy apples and roast s'mores over an open fire and stuff and you know so so when they do come even for the haunt there's there's a bonfire you know we're we're selling small concessions um not a full-on menu like usual but you know the simpler things and um and so when (laughs) so we've talked to people like would you want time tickets and you know that's where we're torn and i didn't even know there was this haunt pay so i'm gonna have to check that out no peak you have peak peak is awesome i just switched to peak you can do time tickets on there it's the same thing and if you wanted to kind of take it easy on it so traditionally i think most people that do haunt time ticketing they do 30 minute increments so you buy it come in within that 30 minute window and that's your time to go in um it works really good if your crowds are huge and you're trying to manage those and kind of flatten them out where they don't come at the same time so what you could do is you can go into peak and do that you could set up 30 minute increments but maybe for you i would do maybe an hour increment say okay your time's seven to eight eight to nine that way because you said some people like to have a little time in the line because you want some atmosphere you don't want to just rush them through right and that's what so just the other day someone came um, because after season we sell we sell the rest of our pumpkins by the truckload and someone came and and he said I just got to tell you that we had a great time you know and, and you know whatever he's going on and on and I said so what did you think about the length of time you waited in line and he said I said we're thinking about going with time tickets and he goes I don't want a time ticket and I'm like why wouldn't you want a time ticket and he says because he said we like to come early and hang out by the bonfire and, and we like to watch the magician and, and all the other stuff you've been in the dj and his light show and you know so there's all this other stuff to do to to keep you occupied um i still don't think the time ticket would be a bad thing because we're not telling you you can't come to the farm yeah. to do all of these other things we're just telling you exactly instead of getting here at 6 30 to stand in line um and maybe maybe you're you're the 300th person in line even at that point that you don't have to wait until 10 o'clock to go through the corners that you you know I don't mind if you come and hang out for an hour two hours stress, but you don't have to feel the pressure of hanging out for three hours just standing in line that you could come and enjoy the 
the other things that are going on. Just know that, you know, if your ticket says that you can go in sometime between seven and eight o'clock, that you're not going to have to wait around. Yep, you know, yep. you could set, you could set that up on there. And then if someone like I did time ticketing because I, I do it for the escape room games, because that's how you do the games. But I, lo I love the idea for the haunt. I don't have a crowd big enough for that issue, but people will show up and they're like, Hey, my ticket was for earlier. I'm like, that's okay. Because it's really just getting the average of the people mashing them down yep. where, where you don't have this painful line of an hour and a half where you get a one-star rating because people hate lines. Right. Yeah. And not only that for us, I mean, we are a real operating farm in the rural country. We run out of parking, you know, so, yep. so the idea would be that if you had an eight o'clock ticket from an eight to nine o'clock ticket, you wouldn't feel you had to be here at six o'clock to, to hold your place in line. Yep. You, exactly. You know, so, so you're not going to tie up a parking spot for four hours. You know, you're, I, I think parking is, is our biggest thing. You know I mean? Um, that's huge. And we don't, I, I've never been bothered. Um, in, in my town, it's well, New York is a right to farm state. And, and in my town, um, anybody who's involved in agriculture can probably do about anything. Like there's no zoning, there's no permitting, there's nothing of that nature for farms, but it's, it would only be a matter of time before somebody had a fender bender or a kid got run over in the road. And then they're going to say, okay, done. You know, like, like, yeah. you know, I don't need to be the example. So um, we try to keep people from parking on the road, but I mean, you, you can't monitor a whole quarter of a mile. That'll fix your problem. And it's so easy. The nice thing too, is you get, I don't know how much cash up front people showing up to pay versus people buying online, but you'll get more money online. So you don't have to handle so much cash and all that stuff. Um, well, so we do use square for that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, when you come in, you can pay in cash or you can just tap, swipe, slide your debit card. Um, I would say it's about 50, 50. Um, and it doesn't really matter because it's all going through the register at that point for us anyway. So it, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter cash or check. It's all, it's all going through the, through the, through the register anyhow. But um, yeah, there just would have to, uh, like, I've just been racking my brain. How do we minimize the crowds primarily for safety? You know, just this is time ticketing. That's easy. And you should be able to call peak. I've been very impressed with their customer service uh, I, on setting this up. Because you can always get a hold of somebody like, yeah. like you, you call and you're, and if no one is right there, they, someone calls you back within five, 10 minutes max. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I only use peak for winter sleigh rides. And, um, and so maybe I should think about using peak for. Think for about the, it, see what yeah. they have. And then you're still, you're always going to have those customers that aren't going to know about the time ticketing. And if they walk up, they walk up. They're the ones that might have to wait in line because the people who have bought the time tickets, they get the advantage of yep. seven o'clock, you go in. And now when your line goes down at uh, 25 after seven, all of the seven to eight o'clock people or the majority of them have shown up. You can take a look at peak, I'm assuming, and say, oh, look, we've got 85% of the people. Yep. There's only whatever that haven't shown up yet. Okay, we can let you guys waiting come on in. Yep, right. it shows yep. you all that, yeah. It's, that's your to, solution. I went to a haunt. Uh, it was an outdoor trail. A buddy of mine owns it in, uh, well, they, they run it in Hannibal, Missouri. And first year that they tried this, they didn't have time ticketing, but they they had five or six vendors. 
they had a bonfire. They were selling s'mores kits where you can make your own s'mores. S'mores kits went over really well this year. Yeah. They had, you know, they had coffee truck, food truck, some vendors selling t-shirts, and they gave you your ticket with a number on it. Then they had a big LED board right at the entrance of the haunt. You could see it where the you were sitting um, and just had your number on. So it gave someone, it gave people something to do. They didn't have to worry about time ticketing. I don't know how well he did the last two weekends because it got really busy. So I don't know if the people were still congested and waiting too long, but they were, um, I was standing there by the line talking to him and just listening to people. And they're like, they look in the ticket. They're like, what? We don't have to stand here in line. Just standing in line was really Oh, what the hell? This is the best thing ever. Oh, awesome. You know, they were all excited about just having a number and watching that number on yep. that board. And they knew they didn't, you know, so they kind of gives them a little preamp. They know, okay, I'm it's they're I'm I'm number 98 and it's on 78. Okay, that's okay. 30 minutes, whatever, 45. Okay. At least they kind of know they have it in their hand. They're watching the number. You know, I saw a lot of kids, you know, playing, they had picnic tables set out. They had a big ever seat around the, you know, logs and stuff around the fire for people to hang out. So just, you know, be able to sit there and talk to your friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I think what the dead factor is going to well, try. One of the That's ones. That's a cool idea. Year, so. Yeah. One of the ones I went to, um, it was on one of the haunt tours, but they still run it the same way. And you go inside and there's an area that's got some you know, food, beverage vendors and a bunch of games. They had a giant Jenga set that was all black and orange, I think, and a few other things uh, and, and entertainment around. But you walked in and you get a poker chip with a, a letter or a number on it. And you waited around, you played, they were playing some like Return of the Living Dead or some other movie that, you know, doesn't have a copyright on it. Uh, so you could wait around it for a little bit and then they'd call chip number eight or H or whatever it was, please come on up. So the whole group of those 30 or 50 people or whatever would go up, turn in their chips and then they'd stand in line. So in the meantime, you have the ability to, to do other things and you're not waiting in that, that two hour lineup. You're being entertained and relaxing until it's your turn to go. Another idea that might work for some. Thanks. It's all about experimentation. No, that's a cool idea. It's the, DMV, it's the De- Department of Motor Vehicle model, right? Next yeah. number. <laughs> yeah, next number. Yeah, except you, you got some it. sloth there. <laughs> yeah. That's scarier being at the DMV. Yeah. It's, well, it's like those, uh, um, the, I know some haunts are set up where you have a queue and then a haunt and then a queue and then a haunt and then a queue. I know those get a little congested and people uh, tend to leave bad reviews about well, we got through the first hour and a half and then went through a haunt and then we waited another hour and a half and got through a haunt. So, but you're, you're just restricted. There's nothing, nothing to do, but just wait in line. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, then you're kind of out of the mood because you're like waiting and waiting and then going. So kind of like a theme park model where you go to different, mm-hmm. different roller coasters and well, wait three hours and where our food truck and beverage truck was this year um, at Dedmonton house. Our theme was uh, in that area. We called it camp Dedmonton. We were really based on the eighties slasher movies. So we had, you know, Jason and Michael Myers in costume as some of our line entertainment. We had somebody doing a Chucky, um, but there was benches, there was bonfires. We were selling s'more kits. We were selling um, themed drinks 
from the bar area and and beer plus beverages, popcorn. The food cart had uh, or the food truck had uh, brisket on a bun and um, uh, some chicken tacos and a veggie dish and fries, right? A few different things. But there was all of this stuff, a bunch of photo opportunities as well between the two haunts. There was lineups for each haunt that were still, even with time ticketing, were close to an hour. Uh, but there was other things to do and drink, <laughs> which was a pain in the butt sometimes because you get the drunks coming into the haunt. But we had people with radios out there like watching the lineups. And it's like, yeah, you're going to have to watch out for these guys in the in the red sweatshirts and the, the gold writing on it. Because no. I, think, I think all drunks need to have a red bracelet around their neck or a red glow <laughs> necklace around their neck. Yeah. Uh, we also Here, you got to wear people. this. Yeah. Let me check your yeah, alcohol look. level. Hey, no, you got a you get a red ring. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Is we need to do like a, a mood necklace, except it's like a breathalyzer. So you breathe into it and it changes color depending on how drunk you are. There you go. Yeah. We need to invent this, folks. You hear it here, heard it here first, okay? It's a new it's the new scarret product. <laughs> yeah. The the booze that, detector. Just <laughs> yes. gotta figure out how to do it. Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Jan, hi. How was your how was your lovely season? You're still on mute. Hello. That's why you're so quiet. That <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty unusual for me to be quiet. Um, my season um, show wise was good. Um, people seemed to really have a good time. I had a lot of comments that it was the best we'd ever been. You know, good. Um, so that that was really encouraging. Uh, behind the scenes, it was a steaming pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so bad. I'm so like sorry. Held together by duct tape and chicken wire, right? Well, you know, the, <clears throat> the, I guess it, it's just the Halloween gods were mad at me. I don't know. But I went You didn't into, sacrifice the proper pumpkins. That's what happened. Exactly. Or the, the right actor, probably. Yeah. Um, but I went into the opening night as prepared as I thought I had ever been. And it was just one thing after another. And, and, you know, that happens, you know, the stupid fog machine, the whatever you just cope. Um, but the, the staff problems were immense this year. I had a 22 year old man, um, pursuing a 15 year old girl. Um, and you know, stupid, stupid young man. That was my niece. Um, that's the only reason a 15 year old was at my haunt is because she's my niece. So, you know, he's gone. Um, but very unfortunate. Yeah. Well, you know, it became a really big family deal because of course it's my brother's daughter. Um, I thought my brother might become violent at any moment and I certainly didn't want that. Um, but I couldn't also in good conscience tolerate that behavior. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he knew she was 15. Um, I don't care how old she looks, she's 15, you know. Um, so that had to be handled. It was stressful. Didn't enjoy it. But, you know, it's it's kind of like I told my brother, I said, you know, I kind of wrote a damn book about this crap, <laughs> <laughs> you know, about how you you need to address these things and we need to have protections and policies and, you know, you got to walk the walk. Right. So even though no one's looking over, you know, Brian's not going, Jan, I saw what you didn't do. Um, <laughs> you know, I still kind of put it out there to the entire industry. So I got to take my own advice and, and take my own knocks. So um, that's how this season started. 
And then we ended with the uh, the old guard at front of house. So like cashiers, ticket takers, that kind of thing. Um, as I re- I stated it to somebody that it was like they were reenacting the movie Mean Girls and oh. wouldn't accept the new girl. And I, I was really disappointed. I mean, these are 40 year old women, largely. You know, we're not a bunch of kids. We should know better. Uh, so that was uh, discouraging. Um, but, you know, you deal with stuff the best you can. Um, I had to kind of call the herd a little bit this year, but I'm hoping uh, there was a point I had to admit, you know how every season, I, if they don't admit it, they're lying. Every season at some point, the owner, the director, whoever is in power says, why do I do this? What? Oh, it, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> right. A million times. Right. And and usually I even know as I say it, you know, I'm just acting out. I'm just venting. I'm frustrated. But I seriously Halloween night thought this is my last night. I that's not fun anymore. And then Halloween night was so fun and it yeah. just kind of pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next year is my 10th season. I'm 60% sure I will open. Um, but I do think it will be my last season. Um, I'm a little like, I, I, I actually was messaging Brian. I can't remember if it was on Halloween or the day before Halloween. Cause you know, I was just, I thought I was going to jump off the cliff and uh, a little bit like he kind of relayed to me, there just comes a point where you are kind of done. And and I think I may be approaching that point. It's just getting hard. But even though it was hard, I still put on a hell of a show, apparently. So <laughs> like the Halloween gods were listening. They were paying you back. Like, yeah, Halloween maybe. Night. Yeah. Halloween night was awesome. It went great. Um, everyone had fun. And it but it was the only night of seven that I had, you know, so that's a whole lot of work for, you know, yeah. three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, that's, that's hard on the heart and the mind. Yeah. And so I've had a difficult, you know, it's what, it's just past two weeks now. And it seems on the one hand, it seems like it was three months ago. And it also seems like it was three days ago. So it, it's been a rough couple of weeks trying to decide what do I do? You know, um, I want to build scares and scenes and all that. 12 months out of the year. That's what I want to do. If I could avoid cast and customers, that'd be amazing. But my husband says that's not realistic. (laughs) Unless you built for some other people. Well, that's the thing is you, is you, you um, step back a little bit and let other people run it, but that's a whole other world of, of potential hurt. (laughs) Yes. And and I, you know, I don't know how it will work. Um, my niece would like to own a haunt. And so ideally it would be mine and I could just kind of phase out, you know, and help her in the summers and things just like she has helped me in the summers. Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe that will happen. Um, but yeah, um, I had said once and I never explained myself that I was upset that Brian was backing out because he was my retirement plan and I had it all worked out. He's enough younger than me. I figured I had time. I'll retire and then I'll go down there because he's not that far from me and I'll help him in the summer and then I'll just, you know, laze around all fall. Well, he retired before me. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, well, now what? (laughs) Yeah. But well, that, 
Well, for those that are listening on the podcast, because I have not really said much on the podcast, um, yes, t- this year was my last year at the Dead Factory. Um, I was co-owner for seven years, and my brother has been involved. We did haunts before the Dead Factory, but my brother helped me build and um, pretty much all of it. So, and he is—he's been there uh, for hours ago. He put way more hours in there than I have. Um, so I handed over the reins to him. I sold my portion of the haunt to him. He decided because his passion is still going strong. I, I think I got to the point where Jane was at because I was scare actor manager. I was designer, marketer. Um, just too my much other, stuff. My other co-owner was just building maintenance, you know, and did some of our marketing stuff. We were more the designers and the, and the owners and managers behind the scenes. And I was doing too much. I probably should have delegated a long time ago, but it was just been seven years of just, um, and, was, and the more it got bigger and it became a beast to manage and to do the act, do the actor training. And we do scare badges. We do Hunter's toolbox. I'm a mailman 40 times or 40 times a day, 40 hours a week. So it's, you know, it just became to the point where I'm like two years ago, it started not to be very, you know, not to be fun anymore. And then last year I was like, I knew it just, I didn't want to be there. So this year I did marketing and website design um, stuff for the dead factory. I'll probably be involved with it somehow because, but I'm glad that I was able to sign it over to my brother. So now he kind of controlled the whole on the way that we both kind of saw eye to eye with it. Mm-hmm. So it's still, I can still watch it grow. So I'm not, um, you know, completely, completely away from it either. So, so Jan, have you met Scott yet? Uh, are you going to work for him maybe? <laughs> hey, he's looking for, he's looking for good help, Jan. We can, we can make it happen. Hey, so I have my own tools for, for Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have my own tools. So yeah, that's, that's an, always an option. Um, but yeah, it's uh like what I said to you, so you'll know when it's time if it is time. That's what I said. Just just wait, breathe a little bit. You know, it's it's just been going for about two years. And I just the point of and delegation dis- and finding somebody else to do specific parts of the haunt and releasing control. Yeah, be yeah, release it, control it's and- it's tough to release control, but that's what our haunt manager has done. The owner is he's slowly he's not doing the training of the actors. You know, we have. We have actor managers. Um, I wanted to step back because I found it physically challenging last year uh, from what I was doing. So I spent this year helping set up security cameras and watching security cameras and reporting to the other actor managers uh, and the other, the tech person that's like, you know, hey, Reg, we have no fog in in this room and and uh, the lights aren't working in this one. We've got some uh, some puck lights. We had a, a sewer scene with Pennywise the clown in it and the glowing red LED lights, which were battery powered, uh, seemed like an easy choice at first. But, you know, when you have to replace the batteries every night uh, in the middle of the show, it made for some heartbreak. So we'd have to radio in but by doing that we've got a customer service manager uh we have you know three actor managers who are then in charge of the breakers who kind of you know help get people water and and their uh their coffee breaks uh and then a manager of the store um it took some of that some of the 
the stress off of the owner um, by delegating some of those different tasks. Yeah, delegation is the key. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right on the delegation because I have a really good right-hand person who never worked in a haunt. I found him. Um, he was a foam carving artist and a, a local kid in the town. And I gave him a playground to build whatever he wants. I'm like, here's what I want. And, and the same thing with Kevin at, at, at Darkwood Designs. When Kevin came to help build the haunt, I'm like, here's what I want. You go do it, you know, and let them have their their freedom in there. You got to let go of some of it. And it, I and the our escape room people are our main people for the haunt. So one of our game masters is a makeup person. One's an actor. One is my manager. So those three people, then when haunt season comes, they go out and do their other job. And um, that way, I'm not trying to do it all because you can't do it all. You'll go nuts. Yeah, I started delegating people a couple of years ago just to help my transition go better, you know, as character manager um, and just be prepared for if you do transition over uh, communication is key of being able to hand things over to the other person. Yeah. Um, luckily, Scott kind of knew how to ran things, um, you know, and it's it's big. It's a big decision to make, too, because you're like, you know, but, you know, like Jane, if you have someone in niece that's able to take it over or something you know where you can still that's the hardest i think that's the hardest part of seeing it die if i was just take because that was another option was to sell everything liquidate everything you know if keep the name keep the brand but sell all the physical contents within it and there's a lot of those ads on facebook selling a haunt come and pick her up you know yeah here's the wall panels you know we see see too many of those panels dissected gone bye-bye you know which is you know it's hard i i think if my niece wanted to take it over like i said i would just kind of phase out like brian did um you know go from 100 percent to 70 to 50 you know kind of like that right um but otherwise i I think i would just shut it down Uh, i live in a small town and i will not watch it die you know um i would have to you know i worked hard um to brand it and so if you want my name you have to buy you have to you have to carry that legacy on and and, gonna, and yeah i have to be qualified i have to be if i was to buy it from you you'd have to vet it that i was not going to run it into the ground and soil your name right right because otherwise build your own brand you yeah. know you can buy the property you can buy my stuff but you don't necessarily get my name um, right but um, you know, I think either way would be hard because, you know, you, you build a, a haunt literally from the ground up, that's your baby. And so yeah. it will, no matter what my decision or how it turns out, it's, it's going to be hard. I have no doubt. Um, and I don't think Brian's wife wants me out on camping trips. So I have to figure out something else. <laughs> um, as long but, as you're, as long as you're in a different, you know, a different campground, camper, but it's right, a, yeah, yeah, different, different camper. camper. Bring a tent, bring, bring a tent. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're on a different site within the same campground, it That's might right. be okay. And yeah. you bring but, beer over. But you know, I did this year. Um, I had a gal, she took over the social media for me. Now it was the first year. So I would approve her posts, but she created them. Um, you know, she took the picture, she edited all that. And so that was great. And she did a really good job too. I had a cashier step up and said, Hey, I'll make the signs and I'll do this. <clears throat> well, that's your transition from, and from so, everything so, yeah. to management. Right. right, exactly. So I'm trying to get that done. And I do need an actor manager um, just for the fact that there needs to be some uh, shield 
you know, between me and them. I, I can't be the answer to all and not be available to them. Yeah. You know, that's not fair to anybody. So um, that's, that's my main goal. I think this year is, is to find an actor manager and then I can still be the final decision. If I need to step mm -hmm. in, I'm still there obviously, but, but I don't have to address everything. Yeah. yeah that's how I do it. I didn't know half the problems that were happening. Cause I had an actor manager handle them, but we did fire more people this year than the last year was the perfect group. And I think I had one person quit, which is unheard of mm -hmm. this year. I can't tell you how many people I canned. And it was just, yeah. And that's what I always heard about haunts that you lose a lot of people. And, and I guess I got spoiled the first year, but um, yeah, this year was, it was, it was very tough with the, the different group of kids. It was different. Yeah. Now, I do have a semi-related question. Um, for those of us that operated during the COVID times, um, were you, did you have to have people masked up? And this year, as a result of probably not being masked, did you have more sickness in the haunts? I know we did by far. Yes. Or people, it just got tired and they, <coughs> I'm sick. Um, there's probably some of that too, but there was much more <laughs> sick than, than in previous couple of years. Yeah. Last year I had no illness. This year I had multiple people out. Yeah. Um, I don't know because I know I wasn't, but um, the, uh, oh, I was sidetracked. I went, through the, I went through the dead factory as a customer and I didn't step inside until I went through as a customer. So it was weird because Scott had done a bunch of changes and I didn't, was not aware of them. But I still kind of know the flow was still there because, you know, you always you can walk it backwards and with your eyes closed. So I knew the flow, but he like moved some doors on me and put some secret uh, <clears throat> secret trap doors that I didn't know about. Switched some rooms up. So it was a good. OK, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that before I forgot. We, we, uh, as far as sickness goes, being in Texas, I was only open last year of COVID, not the first year of COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, nobody wore masks. Actually, myself and my main right hand guy, we got sick as a dog. It wasn't COVID. We tested, we got tested. We had some brutal something, one of the other things. And <laughs> um, we really didn't have any dropout. This year, honestly, we had two people go out with the flu. Um, but I have UV, I, yeah. and I don't know, I don't know if it helps, but I, when I built, I gutted this building out and completely renovated it. It's a hundred plus year old building. I put UV lights in the AC units. Um, oh, yeah. um, I don't know if it helps or not, but we didn't really have the haunt crud as some people call it. We didn't, I didn't see that. I mean, there, we had a couple people drop out from the flu, but it was not really that bad. More of it was just, just bad employees. <laughs> but last year, this was a crazy, and Brian knows the story. So last year I had a um, middle-aged guy around my age, mid forties, hook up with a girl that was an actress, middle-aged at our place. They started dating. They moved in together. She murders him. Okay. This is insane. And only in a pirate haunt because they were on a boat. So he lived on a boat. She lived with him. She killed him. Um, horrible deal. Horrible deal. The nicest guy in the world. His sister reached out to me and talked to her about it. She's from New York. She had no idea any of the details or anything. They brought the biggest group down the haunt, and we had a day in his remember, remembering him. And uh, we took his old costume, and we put it on this, this kind of a, a bust we have for makeup and stuff and uh, made a cool little memorial for him. It was the coolest thing for his sister because 
uh, here she lost her, her her brother. She she lives in New York, and here he is down here in Texas, and unfortunately gets killed. And um, they brought everybody from the marina where his boat uh, is, and all this. It was a really nice little deal there. But um, yeah, it's bizarre employee situations you can't even make up. Yeah, we had a uh, memorial for one of our actors too. Uh, you know, showed up for for every training session because we had I don't know seven, eight, nine training sessions beforehand. Showed up for everything, working his butt off. Didn't show up on opening night. Didn't show up on the second night. And it's like, uh, and he was found deceased in his apartment, and yeah. uh, it hit everybody really hard, really hard on uh, all of our actors because he was just the epitome of okay, let's get through this season, right? let's let's do this always saying hi to everybody and and uh, even when he was in a bad mood somebody would come up and he'd instantly change and it's like hey how you doing man good to see you you know then he kind of mope around somebody else knew would come up a big grin on his face and and he was very sorely missed um you know he'd had some trouble in the past he first year we had some issues with him as an actor but he came back uh and he just blew everybody away definitely the most improved actor next year and uh things were going good and it was really tough it it hit a lot of people really hard so we've actually got one of our awards this year that we're dedicating to him and that's the person that does the um uh, greets everybody and is the most you know, the friendliest and, and the most family um, award. And we've got a couple of people that are in the running for that just uh, because of the people that they are. Yeah, we've had some people that have been, uh, um, there was a haunt here close to us. It was a, I guess it was an outdoor haunt, outdoor trail. And there was a truckload of kids that were in the back of a pickup truck and they ramped rail. Uh, they were going too fast on the gravel road. Like there was like two or three people driving, three people in the back, and they ramped railroad tracks and wrecked. And the people in the back of the truck got thrown. And I think there was two or three deaths out of that. Um, I mean, it's just hard to when something like that happens. Do you, I know, Craig? You all had a memorial and stuff. Is that the best thing to do? Is just kind of have everybody get their feelings out and you well, know remember him? And it was more for you know, it was more her. for his his family. Yeah, you know, right. um, we had a lot of return actors. You know, maybe. 40%. Um, and they wanted to do a lot more. And I have to be, you know, I had to be a little careful because I didn't want to, neither one of the, they're both retired military, the, the alleged person that did this and him. And um, this was the last place they worked. And I did not want to get my name drugged through the newspapers. I'm shocked to this day that I didn't um, because it would make a hell of a story. Right. So um, <laughs> we did this for his sister. She called me, said, I want to have a special day for this. I said, y'all come down. We'll do a code word where y'all get discounts, whatever. And they came and they had shirts made and everything. It's really cool. Uh, this is a sad deal because I talked to uh, them on online and they were, I said, y'all coming back? They're like, yeah. She was my main frontline actress. Um, and there's a reason why. She's pretty crazy, apparently. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah. And then right after, cause I was going to put him on stilts I mean, he's an ex army guy built like nobody's business. I was like, I'm putting this kid on skills stilts. I need somebody a stilt walker. Cause he wanted to repel off the ceiling and stuff. He was like, Hey, I got this great idea. I want to repel. Off. I was like, no, you're not in the army anymore, dude. No, <laughs> and, but it was really, it was really, it was so I felt really good. I felt like we did the right thing for his, his sister really loved the memorial where we took his old costume for that year 
and we put it on the bust and all that. It was, it was, um, it's a shame that it happened, but you know, I know this stuff, it's life, but, uh, um, um, yeah, I, I felt like that was probably the best way to do it rather than get, get too far out there with it, you know? Yeah. We're actually thinking about making a memorial badge for scare badges because we've had a few losses in the haunt community this year that personally so we're thinking about doing a memorial badge. no i think it's a trying, great idea trying to decide what what design we want because we want something kind of universal for and we have the we have the haunt widow it's already the yep i tried to give it to my wife she wouldn't take it <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one for a memorial badge. hey and, and uh by the way guys uh we had five people pee we ran out of pee badges um <laughs> we we had a puke puker I need a puke badge. Well, we we're working up? on it because we had Thanks. two this year as well. Yeah, please. Uh, this poor girl, she was the sweetest girl. She didn't puke in the haunt. We thought she did. She puked outside the haunt. We scared the snot out of them so bad. The poor girl puked. Oh, it felt so horrible. Well, one, uh, one got scared and puked, and the other one had an assist from um, um, some scents from i oh, think they were frog slaughterhouse slot, slaughterhouse <laughs> so an assist to slaughterhouse and a, and a chainsaw and, but she yep. puked all over the back of her cousin who was wearing a long oh. jacket and they oh, didn't nice. find out until they were through the haunt and it's like oh i oh, gotta make sure that hallway's clean <laughs> i know we were searching the haunt for the puke because they said that this girl puked and so we had we had our main manager people run there we couldn't find it Oh, it was so gross. But uh, the ki- uh, the kids love the badges, by the way. We did an award ceremony with the badges. And then we have some special uh, handmade, like, pirate badges my manager makes, like these necklaces. They're really cool. But uh, they totally dug. They were fighting for those pee badges. They wanted to make so many people pee. And I'm like, guys, don't make everyone pee. We're yeah. supposed to be having fun. <laughs> it took it a little, a little over the top. Yeah, that's, the way, that's the way they did it ours, too, man. It's got another one. It's five tonight. That's it. Oh no, I I talked it up because it did help up the element of scare factor. Because I was like, guys, you know, we're giving away badges at the end of the year. Just saying. Yeah, it's good. Daryl dances in a chicken suit when uh, he has enough scare at scare out. Yeah, it's right? it's funny because uh, our goal this year we were open twenty seven nights. Our goal was to have three hundred chicken outs. Previous record uh, has been. 260 or 270 something so i wanted 300 chicken ounce uh by halloween night we had um 264 and by the end of the night we had 285 wow and then through the through the the um dark or our uh, lights out event we only had like three or four more uh because those are the those are the dedicated people they want to get through but on Halloween night, I have a chicken onesie that I wore out and I got uh, out in front of the crowd uh, just before the show opened, minutes before the show opened, and I did the the bird dance, the chicken dance. Um, <laughs> in this chicken costume and invited people to sign in or to, to join in. And, and I got some of the actors, you know, in their costumes joining me. And the funny thing is, is all of my actors think that I'm embarrassed because I'm doing this. (laughs) It's like, man, I'm soaking this shit up. If it makes people get scared and it makes my actors work harder, I will go out there and dance in a freaking chicken costume. I have That's no right. problem doing it because it's embarrassing to me. 
<laughs> but hey, that little bit of psychology. Uh, I can't believe we got 285 scares. Uh, wow. Or chicken outs. That's awesome. And that doesn't include the people that chickened out or didn't go to the second haunt because they were scared in the first one. So we probably have 350 or more, but official count was 285. So next year, if we get 300 by Halloween, uh, that means I'm wearing my chicken costume with a tutu because that's even more embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, we do it. We do it after the week, and I give a I give a cash award for that, and they like that. Um, but the badges, this is the first year I use y'all's badges, and and, and they definitely liked them. Um, I'm definitely gonna do that again. Well, that um, was one of the things that we wanted to do. Like even with the attendance badges, um, is we have the one with the gold border if you have perfect attendance, and we had those people that wanted to get that gold bordered badge, you know. So they would drag their sorry ass out of bed and come on in um, and not quit just so they could get that gold badge so that they could say that they had perfect attendance. Yeah, I had a, actually had actors come to me and say, oh, I really don't want to come tonight, but it's only two more nights and I want that gold badge. I'm like, all right, well, glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to push that because I'm your going seat. with the... I'm going with a thinner, thinner group of actors yeah. to meet my my attendance. So, but I'm gonna have to have that carrot to make sure they make their attendance. Now, um, if you have another idea, because you're in a different situation, maybe than some others are, maybe attendance badge isn't the thing. But if you have some ideas for the Scarret team to develop another another carrot, whether it's a new award or whether it's some sort of attendance or some sort of special thing, holler, let us know, see what we yep. can come up with. Definitely need a puke badge. Yeah, we're we're working on one. We got uh, at Transworld, we'll have the poo badge and uh, most likely a puke badge. We'll have maybe some. <laughs> voting uh out before then to have people vote on their a couple of different designs that we create so awesome if if i can think of a good design for a memorial badge we need some ideas yeah yeah that definitely i think that's a good idea because i mean just statistically people are going to have this um yeah various reasons and then the marketing people need to take advantage of it <laughs> <laughs> this will be edited for a commercial later <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's it's one of those things and that's sort of the um um one of the things that we want to do is in the event of something like a memorial badge where you know we're definitely gonna um you know we want to get a design that we can oh, have. that was the yeah so that's, well, that's the hot widow one yeah so yeah, that would be or like an orchid or like i don't know because i like black roses but i don't want to use another black rose yeah yeah exactly but we want to make it um, we, we want to come up with a design, but still have something that we can personalize for, for yours. So we'd, we've been tossing a bunch of ideas around because if we can get a design and a badge designed, um, then, you know, maybe the memorial ones will have some sort of an extra discount on them. Cause, uh, w we have a yeah. heart, <laughs> you know, right. we, we just got to pay for costs. Hey, and, broken, and broken heart, maybe a cracked heart or a. Yeah, we, we got to think of something that's uh, non-denominational, but does signify remembrance of, of uh, you know, those loved ones, those, those actors and friends and families and, and whoever else has passed. So if you guys have any ideas, let us know. Yep. Just message me. So overall, we had some ups, we had some downs and uh, some changes, some ideas of where to go. 
what to do. I know. So Daryl, for next year, what are your plans for next year? Well, we've got a new facility that we're moving into. So we've got to start everything from scratch. Previously, we uh, changed about 40 to 60% of the haunt, um, bought some new costumes and and masks and, and, and changed the theme. But now we want to have multiple haunts indoors plus maybe you know still fire pits and a few things outdoors but we're designing things from scratch in future years there's potential that we could do something like um, uh, escape rooms we're going to have enough room um, and it might not be feasible to just run uh, just the haunt uh, because you need to make money all year round don't you Craig? (laughs) Yeah. So try to. Yeah, you know, maybe uh maybe I'll have to get Ryan to talk to you a little bit and and, and bounce some ideas off of each other so that we can maybe uh I know what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> I can save y'all right. money. <laughs> um but at the same point we're going to need more actors um uh, and we may end up meeting more managers so that we can make this happen. Craig, what's what's your goals for next year? Next year on the hunt is to um go more guerrilla marketing scale back some of the spent on ads i'm going to do some billboards um i'm going to do a couple not the big main highway billboards but more of the uh smaller highways uh ones that get a lot of commuter um traffic commuter traffic yep and then um we i think we've dialed in our perfect number of actors to be able to run what we need to run um and we um we're going to change a few sets just to add some fresh stuff to it, but it's all going to be in house. I don't think we're going to go out and buy big props. We got a lot of big props. I bought that giant fish last year from trans world, which is awesome. Um, our mermaid scene was incredible that we made where we had a mermaid cut in half and there's stuff flying everywhere and it was gross and nobody ever cuts up mermaids. It destroyed all the little girls dreams. Um, <laughs> it, it was a hit. It was a hit. It was really cool. I mean, we, um, but we're going to um, change a few little scares on there, but mostly just try to just um, up the game on. I mean, the actors are really good. I, my, I do not have problems with actors. They've been amazing. The ones we have has been phenomenal. Because we have such a small group, we can hone in and we can, we, we have 20, 15 to 20 actors. We don't have the huge amount. So our costumes are over the top on, on quality. The makeup, we can do more. The masks, I buy expensive masks to put on these kids because I can because there's not that many of them. So um, really adding some more to the sets. That alleyway, I need to figure out a way to do something in the alley that I can take down very easy. And it doesn't take up a lot of room. I, I got to figure out something in that. It's a weak spot for me. Um, I got to figure out something. But uh, really just me, it's just getting the word out, um, tweaking my marketing and figure out what works in my area because everything that I was taught is different than what's happening in my area. Um, so I think I'm getting my, my, my footing on it. But uh, excited for Trans World try to find some new things. I got to figure out something in the alley. And that's my main goal going to trans world is trying to figure out what can I get here to utilize out there? Cause it's free space. Um, and, and it adds more time to my haunts as it's small. You mean your main goal of trans world is not to see Brian and I and have a beer. What? Uh, <laughs> with, uh, and get some puke badges. Yes. Um, yep. Yep. I can't wait. And it's coming up right around the corner. It's like I know, it's we, were, we were talking about that. We had our meeting last night. Me and Daryl trying to decide what what we need to make and do and bring. And it's like two months away, ten weeks. 
Yeah. It's insane how fast it's coming up. Yes. Yeah. It's because they moved up the date. It's no longer in March or April. Yep. It's in February. Beginning of February. Oh might man. be cold. Might be cold. Anyone else add want to add anything of what they what they want to do or what they're thinking about doing? Well, I I would just like to add that uh, no matter if I own a hunt or not, hunters are some of my favorite people because when Craig said that he broke little girls' dreams. We all laughed, and yes. that is just hysterical <laughs> to me. <laughs> it was all a little yeah. twisted. Such a work scene. Uh, I encourage you to go look at the pictures of it on our, our page. The the half cut up mermaid. Oh, it was a good scene. I liked it. Well, yeah, one I of our it. actresses is uh, she plays a princess by day for like a princess party thing, and then yeah. she came in and she played um, the exorcist role a couple of times. Linda from The Exorcist, yeah. also Linda from uh, Evil Dead. You know the one in the I- cabin in the woods. So she played those a few times. We had her in a couple of other roles. Again, just it's destroying children's dreams. That's our goal. <laughs> our goal. One dream at a time. <laughs> <laughs> And when y'all talk about creepy Santa Clauses, come in. It's like, oh, 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 what can I get you? You've been naughty, little girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, my goal is to uh, focus on Hunter's Toolbox. I got a lot of things to do there. Um, scare badges and go do more camping. So, yeah. Slightly <laughs> jealous of that one. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, I retired from the post office and, well, I'm, I turned 50 in April. I'm retiring no matter what at 57. And then I'm figuring out what I'm going to do if I need to side income or whatever, doing something else or double down on what I'm already doing. And then maybe traveling and doing all the fun part on designing and creating haunts and leaving. So mm-hmm. I'll just choose whatever state that I want to go to and say, hey, you need some help over there? Craig, you need some help in Texas for a few weeks? I'll be, I'm coming down, buddy. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I just well, want to, I just want to travel and New York. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I've been in New York too. I, it's really pretty New York. I like upstate New York. Well, I'm in, I'm in upstate New York, 30, you, min- what, 30 minutes from the Canadian border, 10 minutes from uh, Vermont. Are you close to um, Rochester, Honeyway? No, nope, no, nope. you uh, right. right up in the very corner of New York. Like I wow. can be, I can be to Montreal in an hour or to Vermont in 10 minutes. Wow. Nice. So where team. where are you actually at then? I gotta I gotta it's, search this place out. It's it's Plattsburgh, New York. Plattsburgh? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking too, you mentioned Lake Placid. Um, wasn't there a Lake Placid horror movie? Oh there yes. <laughs> Betty White. Was, yeah. <laughs> there was uh-huh. that all about that. You're you're right. There's a there's Ow. a book. Yeah. So maybe that's a theme for your place. You just need to start doing alligators and then uh, <laughs> Lake Plattsburgh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Create yeah. create your own horror story, your own your own mythology. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna have to think about this whole the whole Christmas scene. You know, everybody wants it, but man, I don't I don't think I'm that creative. I can I can raise animals and I can raise some crops, but boy, this is out of my comfort zone. So. Well, that's where you might need the delegation for for that one, right? 
Yes, I have a hard time with that, but I've gotten, I've had to get better because if I don't. But only do delegation gonna, for like the one, the one event, you know, there, yes. start slow, start slow, still manage it, but have somebody else come up with you, some of the ideas and how to do it. Uh, you can still, you know, you know how crowds flow, you know how, um, what, what revenue needs to be, you know how to hire people for all of your seasons. Uh, and then you can, you can, you know, help with all of the, the farm and the agritainment stuff and, and have somebody else help with the, uh, the horror hello or uh, the Christmas horror stuff, but you can still manage it. And that way you're letting go just a little bit. You're still profiting for, for your farm, for your venue. Uh, and you're building that goodwill because now you have something else that these kids can come to. And I appreciate the naughty or nice. I think that might cover both, both crowds. Yeah, it, it might be fun. And whether you do it, split it between two times or whether you have the left half, you know, you turn left to go nice and turn right to go naughty or whatever. It, it could be fun. Yeah, it could be very interesting. I'll keep you posted on that one. Thanks. Well, um, this is almost 930. So wow. I'm glad, glad to see everybody. <laughs> yeah. It was a good talk. That's fun. It was good. We'll have to meet up at Transworld. I know we'll do a couple more of these before then, but whoever's going, we need to meet up. Jan, are you going to be there this time? I don't I don't think so, unless you're going to have bathtub wine again. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we will. I'm sure someone will bring something. Hashtag latex mask. Hashtag yeah. latex <laughs> That's a Transworld joke. Yeah. Late yeah. night transfer yeah oh man that was such a night oh yeah Lord. it was but yeah Darryl. we'll be back it was adrian's Thank birthday Darryl. today too i think wasn't it was it today yeah or? yes it was Happy birthday adrian that's right anyways that about okay. wraps it up for tonight folks does it brian you got yeah. anything else to say no we'll um oh will we be back anybody, in december or january oh uh, yeah we're gonna do another one in uh december the um anybody has any ideas of things they want to learn about or get experts on or whatever let me know no chance said something maybe about hiring um i know we did uh i don't know if craze or anything particular you want on marketing like a gorilla marketing course or you know i i'll soak up i'm a sponge on all that stuff i look i love it so any kind of marketing thing you know i would <laughs> And then we just lie to you and say, "Hey, you got to do this," and you find out that it doesn't. And it work. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. We gotta find. We gotta find some killer techniques, some guerrilla marketing yeah, stuff. I know, would love but... to hear about guerrilla marketing. Um, and then you know, I really think, and I know, I know most of our industry is not in there. They talk about it all the time, but it's the TikTok man. That's where the kids are, and that's who goes to haunts. I think we really need to get some TikTok experts in there uh, that have figured it out because the haunt struggle in this world because our 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 material is not TikTok friendly a lot of the times. Um, um, the scare cams and all that stuff they do that stuff, but I think if if you could hunt down some some experts in that field that maybe not are in the haunt field, maybe they're outside the haunt field and they're TikTok experts that would come in and and teach us how to do what they do because it's not the same thing as facebook or youtube or anything like yeah. that it's all oh, that everything. would be a good idea someone I'll else look into it that could teach us how to do their world um because there is a formula to it and we need to start embracing it because it's it's where the kids are yeah yeah and i told my brother because his daughter's 15 and she's all over tiktok and i'm like well you need to put her in charge set restrictions guidelines but just kind of start your own account because we don't have an account and just let her work with it 
and get some followers or i don't know how it works but um seem like those haunted house videos with the actors doing different stuff you know because there's followings out there just specific actors for the haunted attraction they have their own TikTok accounts and stuff i'm like there, there, there's there's that and there um it's another one that we should look at really um marketing is social influencers we don't talk about this much and haunted houses could really use this from what i gather on so so spending money with social influencers dollar for dollar is equal to what you pay ad firms and advertising you get local influencers that have ten thousand followers and they come to your haunt they can do just as much positive benefit as you cash throwing cash at something so mm. that I, I think maybe brian you you, you pull some people outside from our world because we're kind of our echo chamber on a lot of our stuff and getting some influences um influencers TikTok, how to do their world um i think it would better us because we just we just we all tell each other yeah we need to do it but i haven't seen we're not doing it houses that have been really good at it yet right is it haunted overload haunted overload does a lot of TikTok, isn't that one yeah it is yeah they do a good job right and it's all about those quick laps videos boom boom you know those little quick shots and those music behind it but i don't there's got to be there's got to be some kind of rhythm to it because it is you know it's timing time of day i don't know i don't know i don't snapchat that used to be a big thing so i never got into that either yeah i'm not uh i'm not doing tiktok not a snapper yeah. The only stuff that uh, I do on TikTok is uh, watch the uh, the memes that people send me, <laughs> and that's they're quite they're quite addicting. Yeah, they are. That's probably why why most maybe that's we do a lot of Facebook and Instagram. Maybe that's why if we have an older audience. I don't know. Yeah, but. I noticed that with mine. I notice because uh, I, I, I'm out front. I'm I'm in costume. I, I do the line entertainment, but I'm also the customer service and security guy. So I'm looking around and I'm seeing older. I'm seeing parents with younger kids and they bought all their tickets online, pretty much 80% Facebook and Instagram. All my people that came to bought at the door was Google. Um, but I'm not, I'm not getting that 13 to 18 year olds being dropped off by their parents or, or, you know, high school kids driving there. I'm not getting that because that crowd isn't on Facebook. Um, and that's the crowd I'm trying to tap into. I'm desperately trying to get to, mm -hmm. um, right well we'll get some okay, things well, that's, a, that's a good idea we'll that's something we'll look into yeah. cool thanks guys all right, all right. thank you guys okay. take for care everyone showing up and have thanks. a good rest your of your stories. november enjoy thanksgiving thank bye. You. bye okay bye bye this podcast episode sponsored by scarret badges get your scare badges at scarebadges.com also sponsored by haunters toolbox take your haunt to the next level at haunters toolbox Thank you for listening to Haunt Topic Radio. Please leave a comment wherever you found this podcast. Each comment you leave will help spread the word to other haunters around the world. See you next time. Today's episode was edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. Support for today's episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. From Dark Hour to Netherworld, Super Mario Land to Hagrid's Bike, Gantam goes where other fixtures can't. See what you're missing with a free demo? Sign up at gantam.com demo. 
That's scantum.com slash demo. The HAN team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Until next time, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network <laughs>